They went up to New Haven to confirm their darkest fears, and they came back to New York wearing their brightest smiles. They were the Broadway experts, the wrecking crew of rival producers, managers, and agents who, on a blustery March 11, 1943, had made the journey to pass judgment on the first tryout performance of Away We Go at the Schubert Theatre. It was no secret that with this show, the Theatre Guild was making a last-ditch attempt to reverse a string of failures by presenting a musical comedy, or that raising the money had not been easy, or that the musical was a daring departure in many ways, or that this was the first time that Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein II were working together. Since Rogers had never before written professionally with anyone else but Lorenz Hart, and since Hammerstein had not had a hit in over 10 years, the all-knowing insiders were certain, above all else, that the new partnership simply had to fail. Thus, on the day following the opening, the word began to spread. The show was nothing but a musical horse opera, mostly about whether a good guy or a bad guy gets to take a girl to a dance. It needed more laughs. It was too clean. It was too melodramatic. It was too long. The dances were too arty. And how could experienced theater people have made the fatal mistake of waiting almost 40 minutes before bringing on the dancing girls? The general attitude along Broadway was even immortalized in a catchphrase supposedly coined by producer Michael Todd. No gags, no gals, no chance. What the Times Square savants happily ignored was that, despite the overlong and far from polished first night in New Haven, the musical, whose title was changed to Oklahoma by the time it reached New York, had received a warm reception from the majority of the audience and an encouraging set of reviews. In fact, the prediction of Variety's Harold Bone was right on the mark when he observed, it got off to a good start here, and should stretch into a sizable stay on Broadway, boasting a pretty ditty, fancy prancing combo. The production lacks only editing to weld it into a first-class tune show. Words of Stanley Green from his essay, Oklahoma, Its Origin and Influence, giving us a little of the drama around the up turned expectations in a tryout town for a show that went on to become a Broadway classic. Ken Mandelbaum, following up in Playbill, tells us, there was a time when, almost without exception, musicals opened on Broadway following tryout runs in such cities as Boston, Philadelphia, and New Haven. Some shows played just one tryout town, while others hit two or three. In the 50s and early 60s, musicals would arrive in New York after these road runs and play just a couple of previews before the opening night, which was the performance attended by all the major critics. In the late 60s, all of this began to change. While many musicals still went out of town, others chose to skip the road and play long preview engagements in New York, in the 70s, thanks to the developmental process that produced a chorus line, musicals were more and more frequently given workshop productions, which could extend over months and sometimes culminate in public performances. After its workshops, a show could then be taken out of town or put directly on Broadway. 
In the 80s, more and more musicals came to Broadway from regional productions or from non-profit or off-Broadway productions in New York, and more and more road tryouts became season-long tours, particularly if a nationally known star was attached. The out-of-town tryout has never completely died and continues to be part of every season, but it's no secret that it adds a couple of million dollars to the cost of the production, and shows like Sweeney Todd and City of Angels opened on Broadway to acclaim without benefit of out-of-town runs or even major workshop productions. That from Ken Mandelbaum, explaining the various ways shows make it to the great white way today. Have you seen the well-to-do up on Lenox Avenue on that famous thoroughfare with their noses in the air? High hats and colored collars, white spats and $15 spending every dime for a wonderful time. There is an unusual meeting of past and present under the very same roof. Scranton, known in the early days as an important tryout town where audiences might sit impassively or actively express their disdain or delight in the productions coming through theaters here. What is now the Ritz Theater on Wyoming Avenue will be presenting an original musical in just over a month with its sights set on fulfilling the team's dreams of opening in New York with major assistance from the professionals at the Ritz Theater in Scranton. And how fitting is it that the original project will open the season as the Ritz marks its 115th year. We're invited to a week-long celebration that will get underway with a festive ribbon cutting on Friday, September 2nd and continue through Labor Day. Michael Melcher is CEO and Artistic Director for the Ritz Entertainment Group and Director and Producer for the Ritz Main Stage Players at the Ritz and the Creative and Performing Arts Academy there. Michael Melcher paid a visit to the WVIA studios to tell us more about the theater's history and what's in store in the year ahead. This Labor Day weekend, it is the 115th anniversary of the first performance to take place in the building. The theater was built by Sylvester Poli. He was an Italian immigrant who came over with next to nothing and within a decade owned over 30 theaters and was considered the largest theater owner in the world. He was the mover and shaker and... It was, you know, just an amazing time right here in Scranton. And yeah, so one of 30. Now, the Ritz is only one of two, though, that are still operational. Um, The rest have been decommissioned, demolished, abandoned. So yeah, the Ritz and his theater in Massachusetts are the only two that are still in use. It's it's a hidden treasure. It was a hidden treasure. We're doing everything in our power to make sure it's no longer hidden. But Erica, the Ritz theater is... It's just a spectacular space. It was the second most expensive theater built in the nation uh, when it was when it was completed in 1907. The technology was well ahead of its time. The space has been redesigned numerous times, from you know having uh, over 2,000 seats to now we seat just under 400. 
But it's the history, it's the energy. You walk into the room and you think about the performers, Joan Crawford, um, George Burns, Houdini, Lucille Ball. I mean, entertainment royalty that came not just to Scranton, but to this theater to hone their craft and find out what works. Um, I don't know whether you know it, but uh, the Ritz actually is the theater that coined the phrase, if you can play Scranton, you can play anywhere. And that's exactly what these big name entertainers, they'd come to the Ritz, they would put their acts together, they would put on their plays, they'd make changes, they'd fix mistakes, they'd get it all polished up. And if the Scranton audiences loved it, it went on to New York. And if they didn't, it kind of went away. (laughs) And we hear that phrase and we just think about it in abstract, but this was the testing ground. This was the testing ground. And I'll tell you, our 115th year has some new pieces. It's back to being a testing ground. We had some um, exciting news over the summer. We were selected to workshop a new piece, a new American musical, much in the same vein as the Happy Elf that we brought to Lackawanna County. Feels like a decade ago, almost a decade ago. This musical, it's called Little House on the Ferry, and it actually, it's a really interesting story. It takes place on Fire Island in New York the night that the New York legislature passed marriage equality. So it's it's a ton of fun. It's an, there's an amazing love story. Of course, you know there's lots of drama of uh, the folks that can now get married that now have rights that were denied them, and now exercising those you know those rights. And of course, we have a, a love interest that well you know yes we'd get married of course, but but we'll never be able to because it's it's not legal. And then it became legal, and it was you know you have your storyline of well. Maybe I still don't want to get married. Even now that we can, maybe I don't want to. And so it's, it's a lot of fun music. It's a lot of fun is what it is. And uh, it's going to be premiering at the Ritz at the end of September. We're going to have a one-day preview uh, by invitation. That's October 2nd, and then it opens the following weekend. The show, I mean, the show's been up and down the East Coast. It's been to New York. It just was in Florida. It's leaving here and going to Boston. But it's our hope that in this process that maybe the writers will pick our version like they did with Happy Elf. And then that's the end of the workshopping. And then we start putting it on its feet and it becomes a brand new musical. And that would be Scranton's second new musical in the last eight years. So, yeah, pretty amazing thing. Your reputation must be out there. Well, it's starting to get out there. We were just talking about this. This is going to be our eighth show that we're putting out to publication. It's, it's a pretty amazing thing to be on the other side and looking at songs that never make the show and characters that never make the show. And, you know, it's, uh, it's really unique. And, and the audience gets to play a really interesting role in that because for right now it is kind of a choose-your-own-story Maybe, you know, maybe we do have to fix this scene or this song. And so it's it's a lot of fun to be on that side. It's scary. It's not like you can go on YouTube and pop up, a, you know, what did they do the last time they did it? Nothing, because no one did it before. And it's it's going to be interesting, because that's actually also part of the project, is right now it's very much in a black box model. Um, And for listeners, you know, that aren't, aren't up on their theater lingo, a black box scenario, it's it's a small, flexible, experimental space. Costumes are minimal, set pieces are minimal, not a whole lot of light fixtures. It's 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 a very small, intimate space that's not expensive to work in. 
we're actually responsible for transitioning from that black box model to a fully staged. So now we are full sets, full costumes, banks of lights, and you know everything that goes into a fully staged production. So that's our responsibility in this process is, is translating what the piece is now with some folding chairs and, and the like um, to, hey, this is what it looks like when you put a professional team behind it and get some really hot talent. <laughs> And it is remarkable that this is the anniversary month of the Ritz, and this is what took place at the Ritz in those early days. Yeah, we're doing just that. We're bringing original theater back, and I mean, it's it's amazing. It's fun. It's profitable. It's it's definitely you know you take your risks in this business, but putting together a new musical, it's it's rewarding to us. It's rewarding to the kids, you know, because of course we have a full building of students that get to engage in this, and you know we have interns that are putting together their college resumes while they're working on an original musical. It's just hands down they have the advantage over their counterparts when they're heading out to some of these competitive programs. And Sherry is such a musician in her own right, and you wouldn't just for the sake of doing it say, oh, this piece doesn't matter, we'll do it anyway. There must be something that appealed to you. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we get scripts all the time, and, you know, some of them are much more fleshed out than others. This is this is one of those ones that caught your attention. Um, it definitely pulled itself to the top of the pile. And and like you said with Sherry, I mean, she is, you know, such an accomplished musician. I married so way out of my league, I swear. But, you know, uh, she, of course, is very picky um, because, yes, tweaking dialogue, tweaking scenes, wordcraft, maybe it's easy for her. But to me, I think trying to do that with music on top of it all is even more difficult. So her job is exponentially more complicated than mine because she's got to put it all to music. She's got great people that, you know, she surrounds herself with. But, I mean, she's been playing for 40 years now, 40 years. She's been through Carnegie Hall. She has her European tour. She's done the things that she's uh, set out to do, and, and now she's doing the stuff that she loves. And it's, uh, um, it's not hard to do when you surround yourself with really talented people. <laughs> I notice that more and more events are taking place at the Ritz Theater. The Scranton Jazz Festival wanted to be there. Well, we, you know, we put a lot of time. Um, the theater has been completely repainted. We redid all of the, the crown molding which looks so beautiful from the ground, it's big. Um, It's about three feet wide. You know, you look up there and you think, oh, that's big. It's big, big. Uh, You know, so we, you know, we had, we had that all regolded and basically new chairs, whole new light system, whole new sound system. We really upgraded, you know, our fixtures with regards to, you know, our, our movables, our staircases, our platforms. So we have a nice inventory now um, that folks can come and we can pick more challenging shows. And we have great backdrops. And we love partnering with these organizations, the, the Scranton Jazz Festival. We were a part of the Jazz Festival in 2021. This year, we hosted the Royal Scam, and then we hosted the big band with four freshmen. Amazing, amazing concert. If you didn't make it to that concert, you missed a great, great night out. But hey, I heard the Jazz Fest is coming right back around the corner, so it'll be here next year, and it'll be uh, an amazing night out again. 
you know, we're we're working with Kappa, of course, which is uh, Sherry's children's program that uh, has a huge season this year, starting off with Newsies Junior. They're doing ARF, which is our littlest kids, ARF the musical, uh, ARF as in ARF, ARF dogs. And then, of course, the middle schoolers, they're doing Aristocats. Now, Kappa, of course, you know, that's our program, Children Performing for Children. But the professional side has really taken off, and that, of course, is our, our theater for young audiences, and that's professional adult performers performing for children. Um, so that's, that's slightly different, and sometimes folks get that confused. You know, am I coming to see kids or am I coming to see the pros? If it's Kappa, it's the kids. Uh, if it's the Ritz, it's always our professional players. And they have a huge season this year. They got jealous of the kids' season and went with some really fun titles. Of course, they're, they're presenting Little House on the Ferry, which is the first thing out. Then we slide right into a great little holiday musical for Halloween uh, called Spookly the Square Pumpkin. Uh, and it's all about poor little Spookly. He's the square pumpkin in the patch, and all the round pumpkins want to see him jump in the river and float away. And so it has a really great message about acceptance, and, you know, there's a, an anti-bullying message. And so it's going to be a lot of fun, and folks are going to be able to come and see Spookly um, with all of our adult troupe. Then we'll be heading into our Christmas season, and we, of course, have the big man himself. Santa will be swinging by for a couple of weekends for breakfast with Santa, but they'll also be treated to a production of A Charlie Brown Christmas. So you get to see Charlie Brown Christmas live on stage, sing some songs with Santa. We even have the sad little Christmas tree, but all of his friends get together and they spruce it up and it's a wonderful experience. But yeah, that's for Christmas. The troupe then comes back around after New Year to put together Frog and Toad. A Year with Frog and Toad, great, great show. Um, the books are amazing. Now, Frog and Toad and the Santa with Charlie Brown, that's actually part of a new program. We're doing children's dinner theater, brunch theater. It's not dinner because it's happening earlier in the day, but a brunch theater where we put out a full family-friendly brunch, the, all of the kid favorites, but we put out nice stuff for moms and, you know, and then the dads. Everybody gets a, gets a nice big meal, but then uh, they watch the show with their breakfast slash lunch. So we're going to be starting that with the Santa breakfasts and then transitioning that into A Year with Frog and Toad. They jump from A Year with Frog and Toad right into Shrek. Same thing there. They'll be able to come and have a breakfast with Shrek before the show. But then uh, the show weekend, uh, we'll have all of our evening shows and matinees. And then we're wrapping up the season with Mamma Mia. Having a little fun with ABBA. And it's, uh, it's a great way to go out. <laughs> you'll be bringing the season to a close with Mamma Mia. But tell us how you'll open this anniversary celebration. It's going to be a really big time for everyone. We have a huge presence this year at La Festa, the amazing La Festa, yes, over Memorial Day weekend. If you're uh, anywhere within earshot, please make yourself over there. The food is amazing. We're going to have lots of fun for the kids. We actually uh, have a little miniature golf course that we put together for the kids that we're going to have that is Broadway and Ritz-themed and La Festa-themed. And we'll have performers there all weekend long. Um, we'll be on the Linden Street side. We'll have princesses coming to read stories, and Shrek is going to come by, and... We have the cast of Frog and Toad, the cast of Rainbow Fish. So, you know, there's going to be something every day at La Festa. Just come see us over on Linden Street. 
And I, and I don't want to look past this weekend, which is, of course, the Criterion, the big bike race in Scranton, which is finish line, start finish lines right in front of the Ritz. So great place to watch the Criterion. Labor Day weekend, of course, that's our big weekend. Now, Friday, September 2nd, we're going to have a ribbon cutting, uh, celebrating the 115th, birthday cake for everyone, lots of local celebrities and politicians to be there to celebrate. Uh, but then we're all heading right over to La Festa, and we will be there on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, all four days. We'll be putting on presentations, um, samples of our upcoming season, storybooks, cotton candy. There's even said that uh, you can get yourself a really dynamite lemon gelato. So we'll, uh, we'll be looking forward to folks coming over. You can catch us any of the La Festa hours, and we'll be there the whole time. seen the well-to-do up on Lenox Avenue on that famous thoroughfare with their noses in the air. High hats and colored collars, white spats and $15 spending every dime for a wonderful time. Michael Melcher, CEO and Artistic Director for the Ritz Entertainment Group and Director and Producer for the Ritz Main Stage Players at the Ritz and the Creative and Performing Arts Academy there. Speaking about the historic Ritz Theater on Wyoming Avenue in downtown Scranton, marking its 115th anniversary this Labor Day weekend. We are invited to the celebration getting underway on Friday, September 2nd, with a ribbon-cutting, cake-for-all, dignitaries, and more. And that's at 10.30 in the morning. And as we heard Michael say, the whole entourage will move over to Lackawanna Courthouse Square. And that's for the anniversary festivities continuing all weekend long at La Festa Italiana. And that's running through Monday Labor Day itself. For more information on the web, ritzpac.com, Ritz. PAC.com. It's the Ritz Theater, the historic Ritz Theater, marking its 115th anniversary this Labor Day weekend. You're invited to celebrate with a ribbon cutting on Friday, September 2nd at 10.30 a.m. Birthday cake, an historic tour, so you get to go inside and feel the vibrations for the walls, if those walls could talk. And then everyone will move to Courthouse Square in downtown Scranton, for the activities at La Festa Italiana celebrating the 115th anniversary. RitzPAC.com, RitzPAC.com.